All right. So, well, welcome. It's, um, this is really exciting to see so many people here, and um, we're, we're excited about the stuff, but also mindful of the time, so I think we're just going to, like, jump in. So, <clears throat> um, you guys take a look at this next clip. And um, I'm thinking that everybody can relate in some way, shape, or form. Either you were there as a child, or you're there as a parent and a child, <laughs> or you are a child who's been there. So. <clears throat> Just think, our whole family packed together on a long, slow trip across country. We'll tell stories, we'll laugh, <laughs> we'll become closer as a family. <laughs> Challenger, then don't look her in the you eye. Keep your big giant arms on your side of the trail. You want me to turn this family around? Do you? Because I will turn this family around yeah. so fast. Dad, I gotta go. Come on, you can hold it. I'm not dying on an empty stomach. Uh, we're all pretty tired. We'll eat when we get there. It's taking too long. I'm grabbing a snack. I don't do that. That's not food. He's a pet. My pet. What's a pet? An animal you don't eat. <laughs> we call those children. Isn't this fun? We're taking our first trip together. Oh, stop! <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so yeah, so can people relate to that? Ben and the, I mean, stress is an inevitable part of life. So there's no avoiding it. There's no escaping it. And really, we wouldn't want to because... Uh, it would be a pretty boring life. But I'm gonna turn it over to Carla here for a little bit and have her talk. Okay, nice to see everyone here. So mind, body, health. What do you guys think? Mind, body, health. Does anybody wanna tell me what they think that means? Mind, body, health. Yeah. Feelings on the inside, positivity levels. Love it. Others? That's a mind part of health. What about your body health? Yeah. You take care of yourself. Exactly. So what mind-body health tells us is that those two are interconnected. They affect each other. Okay? So. If you aren't feeling well in your mind, if you're not feeling positive, who's always feeling positive? Not those guys, the crews, no, right? It might start to come out in your body. You can feel it, you don't feel good, right? There's all kinds of things that might impact that. Same way you think about it the other way. If you're not feeling good in your body, you start feeling negative, right? And drag down, that wellness factor is both of those things, mind, body. All right. So stress, let's talk about it. Stress, I'm not gonna read that long psychobabble, should we say, but I will tell you about it. Let's, let's think about it. I'm gonna tell you a little story about the caveman days that will help you understand what we're really saying in this slide about health, about stress. So back in the caveman days, stress was a real thing, right? If you lived in a, in a cave and you had no other place to go, if a cyber-toothed tiger came up to you and tried to get into that cave, what do you think was going to happen? Your body decided, I'm going to either fight this tiger or I'm going to flee, right? So along with that reaction to a real thing like stress back then is that your body was ready to do that. They were ready, all of these things happened inside of your body to get, get things ready to either fight that tiger or flee. 
Okay, the blood rushed up to your head so you could do, really think clearly and figure out what to do. You got extra energy. It all came together so that you could survive. Well, we don't live in caves anymore, right? We don't have to do that kind of thing, but guess what? Our bodies still do that. So you can imagine what stress does to our bodies in that way. We don't have to fight or flee anymore, but it takes that much of an impact on both our mind and our body. All right. Let's go to that next slide. So stress in your body. Stress can actually be a good thing. Do you guys believe that? Yeah, I see a lot of kids having just done finals say, no way, right? And I see parents, I've, I totally see you going, oh, I don't think it's a good thing. Okay, but it can be. It can be optimal for certain performance-related tasks. What does that mean? When is stress ever good? Yeah. If you're running a race. If you're running a race. All of that stuff that happened in your body gets you a big kick to get started, right? Yeah. Athletic activity. Athletic activity. It gets you all ready for the big day. Maybe training, getting prepared, and getting off to a good start. I saw one more back here. What? A roller coaster, so if you, if you get a little nervous about something, but you're all primed to do it and to survive, absolutely. So stress only becomes a problem when it interferes with a person's ability to do the things that they have to do each day. Okay. Anybody, anybody want to um, disagree with any of these points so far? So you kind of know this, but I think it's a good reminder for us to think about all of these ways stress infects us, affects us. Next slide. All right, facts about stress. Okay, this is the scary slide. So I'm gonna let you read this. Six leading causes of death. Those are the six leading causes of death. Stress is linked to every one of those. 43% adults, half of you, almost half of you, will suffer adverse health effects from stress. That's that mind-body connection, remember? Two-thirds of all office visits to family physicians are due to stress-related symptoms. I think that we could say the same for us in mental health. Anxiety and stress is probably our number one symptom of people coming to, to see us. And those are the people that are doing something about it. Okay, so those facts can be very, very big to try to understand. Finally, for me anyway, last slide. Okay, so this is my way of, of, of giving you some language for this. Stress can be defined as an overwhelming feeling of a lack of control over our environment. Yikes, that sounds hard, doesn't it? An overwhelming feeling of a lack of control. That's hard. An inability to change things. It can affect how you feel and behave, and nearly every system of the body can see that. Okay? Now we're going to get to a little bit of the interactive part. I, I, think, I think it's hers. My, mine's on. Yours isn't. Oh, it's not working? It, it sounds like it's working. Either that or I just talk really loud, which could be the case. Okay. All right, so this is for the parents in the room. How many of you think that your stress impacts your kids? <laughs> Honest How many group. of you think that it significantly <laughs> impacts your kids? 
<laughs> that is the next part. That's the next question. <laughs> you're <Yeah>. jumping ahead. <laughs> All right. Kids, how do you know when your parents are stressed out? Whoa, people shouting out answers. Stressed out parents here. Go ahead. She talks a lot when she's stressed out. Okay. Yes. She moody. gets kind of moody. Mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty typical. I get kind of <laughs> irritated when I'm stressed out too. What else? Yes. She rants, so she complains. Mm -hmm. Like, oh. There's a reason why we have kids and parents sitting separate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, go ahead. So she kind of like goes silent and, and leaves you alone. Uh -huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys were pretty honest. A lot of parents don't necessarily think that their stress significantly impacts their kids. In fact, 69% of parents say that their stress um, has slight or no impact on their kids, which I think is a really big understatement, as you guys have, have said. Um, kids know when you're stressed out. They pick up on all of the different symptoms that you're displaying, and they have to know what to do with not only their own stress, but then how to deal with their parents when they're stressed out. So 91% of kids are pretty insightful, and they can tell when their parents are stressed out just from the symptoms that you guys are describing. Um, so irritability, arguing, complaining, isolation. Some of the things that you as kids, I'm sure, experience when you're really stressed out with homework and peer relationships. Yes. <laughs> Next slide. Is that one yours? Um, yep. So, um, yeah, these are just in a different order than I was thinking of. So about, um, I think this is yours, actually. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. So I'm not going to read all of the different facts. I'll let you guys kind of look those over because we don't have like a gazillion hours to talk about stress mm -hmm. as much as that would be awesome. Um, but I am going to ask the parents again, on a scale from 1 to 10, with 10 being extremely stressed out and 1 being not so stressed, where would you rate your kids? on an average day? Seven? Three. How many would be below five? Okay, so a few of you. And how many would be like eight or above? Okay, so a couple more. So we got kind of a variety of people here. Mm -hmm. What about kids? How many would rate it five or lower as their stress level? I see one, two people, three. How many are eight or higher on an average day? Wow, that's a lot more. 20% of kids rated their anxiety as eight or higher, and only 8% of parents recognize their kids as being at that level of stress. What do you guys think that says about our interactions with each other? <laughs> I think it's pretty common mm -hmm. for um, kids are kind of, I don't know, there's just, you, you guys know that you're stressed, but I don't know how much you tell your parents, or I don't know how much your parents are able to pick up on your stress as well as you're able to pick up on their stress. Right. Something, yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, let's see, I think we can flip probably two slides, mm -hmm. I think. Yep. There you go, yeah. Did and that. one more, there you go. So... Um, <clears throat> This is um, speaking just a little bit more to, um, how are we on time? Let's, let's flip one more. I'm just going to kind of mm -hmm. skip ahead a little bit. 
There we go. Because I just want to talk a little bit, one of the, so Carla kind of talked a little bit about the way that stress impacts your body, but it can also impact your mental health. And so um, just, just to guys, give you guys some perspective with respect to uh, chronic stress, and I, and I think we should, because we said um, at first stress isn't actually bad, it's not bad. Unmanaged stress is bad, and that's really what these are leading to. Um, and so depression, really the prevalence of um, depression in adults is about 20% lifetime prevalence, which means in any given person's lifetime, about 20% of adults will experience an episode or more of, of depression. And it, and it stresses a significant risk factor to that. And then anxiety also um, is uh, very prevalent. Stress can easily morph into something that's like an anxiety disorder. But stress in and of itself isn't an anxiety disorder. We all have the daily stresses. That doesn't mean we have an anxiety disorder. But it rises to that level of an anxiety disorder if it's happening for long periods of time and it's interfering with our day-to-day -day functioning so that we're not getting the things done that we need to do. And that's when we really need to think about you know, what kind of help and support do we need in addition to what we are currently doing. And, flip. and then on the kids' side of things, you can kind of see, um, kids also are impacted by, by stress. Um, lifetime prevalence for kids um, for anxiety is about 25% of kids ages 13 to 18 year old, old uh, who are 13 to 18 years old will have probably an episode of anxiety. They did a very interesting survey of high school seniors, and they asked them all sorts of questions about learning and attention and anxiety and depression, and, and how often they had experienced those things or if they had experienced those things any time in their school career. And do, any, any guesses about by the time kids graduate from high school, what percentage would have had some, some of those sorts of things that were to the level of a disorder? That would it be in the learning, attention, depression, anxiety category? 80%. That's probably the real number. That's not, what they, that's not what they reported. It was 50%. Half. So still pretty high, right? Still pretty high. Half. By the time they graduated from high school, half of the kids had something mental health related that they were having to have dealt with. Now only half of those got treatment for it. So that's part of why we're here, right, is to educate and to, and to help raise awareness. And also, so that you guys know, you are not alone. You could tell by all the hands going up, you are not alone. Um, and, and, the, and when half a population has something happen to them, guess what? It's normal. <laughs> it's suddenly normal to have something like that go on. And so I like to tell kids about that a lot because they come into my office and they think that they're the only one. And they think they're alone. And they think no one else has to deal with this. And in reality, about half of their friends, by the time they graduate high school, will have dealt with something. So go ahead, next slide. So symptoms of stress. So just shout out. What do you guys, how do you know you're, how do you know you're stressed? What do you feel? What's that? You cry, yeah. Mm -hmm. Tired, yes. Mm -hmm. Sleep deprived. How about you guys over here? What do you feel when you're stressed? Uh, yeah. No motivation. Nobody, yes. No motivation to get it better either. Right? That's right. So that's the hard part. That's a nasty Michael. spiral. Eat. Yeah. Okay. Chocolate in particular, in my yeah. case. Yeah. Down in the dumps. Yeah. Yeah. 
You sleep. Okay. Yeah. So have you guys noticed that the kids are the one telling us these things? <laughs> we can really learn from them. How about you adults? What do you notice? Muscle, Muscle tension. tension. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Can't, Can't sleep. sleep. Mm -hmm. yep. Headaches. Headaches. Snapping at people. Yes. Yep. Irritability. Yep. Irritability. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So we all know what we're talking about, don't we? <laughs> and next yeah. time you guys, you see this with either your mom or dad or your kids, go give them a hug. That's what they need, not get mad back, right? <laughs> I know you're stressed, right? Give them a hug. Yeah. All right, next. next okay, one. and one more. Good, okay, so here's a question for you guys. So all the stress is out here, right? It's homework, it's schedules, it's you know getting through everyday life. How does it go from out here to in here. How does it get in? What's that? We let it in. How though? <laughs> Where's the entry point? <laughs> Remember the mind body? Right. <laughs> it gets in through our thoughts, right? Okay. It's the way that we're thinking about what's happening in the world around us that causes us to feel the stress reaction. Mm -hmm. So this relationship between the way that we think, our mindset about things, and how we feel and what we do, it really gives us a lot of insight about how to effectively manage stress and also what might not be so effective about managing stress. And so I like to do this little experiment. And I like to say, okay, which of those three things, thoughts, feelings, or actions, which ones do you guys think are the easiest and which ones do you think are the most difficult? Let's start with actions. Who thinks actions are easy to change? Okay, okay, let's test it really quick, okay? Um, go ahead and clap hands. Okay, good. Easy, medium, or difficult? Was that easy, medium, or difficult to do? It was easy, okay. Let's do one more thing. Um, how about just wiggle a little bit? Yeah, okay. <laughs> easy, medium, or difficult? Easy, okay. So actions. Easy. Now, some people might not have raised their hands about that being easy because you think about those big actions, right? Like getting into a good exercise routine where you're doing it every day or something like that. That is harder, but for different reasons. Um, how about thoughts? Easy, medium, or difficult? Difficult. All right. What? Anybody think easy or medium? Yeah, maybe. Medium, easy. Okay. Well, let's test it. Ready? All right, let's think, about, um, let's think about the sunshine which we haven't seen in a while. Okay? Easy, medium, or difficult to conjure a thought about the sunshine? Easy-ish, okay. How about um, sledding? Easy, medium, or difficult? Sledding, going sledding, yeah. Winter wonderland fun. <laughs> Easy-ish? You know why? Here's, what, here's why people think that thoughts are hard to change. Thoughts, some people think thoughts are hard to change. Lots of people think thoughts are hard to change because we get these nasty little thoughts, these automatic thoughts that pop into our head that we don't really want to have there, but they show up anyway, right? And then they, because they're linked to our feelings, they stir up all of that emotion. But even if you were in the middle of one of those really nasty, spirally negative thoughts that just takes you to this yucky place, and I said, okay, just pause, think about sledding or think about whatever your favorite activity is, you'd be able to direct your thoughts there. Now, those intrusive thoughts might come back 
and try and yank your attention back to something else. But you do get to control those thoughts. And, and so that's good to know that you do have some control over those thoughts. Okay, here's my favorite one. Feelings, easy, medium, or hard to change? Hard, they are. This is the most, this is one is the most fun to test. Okay, <laughs> I want you all to feel really angry right now. I heard the angry noises, but see, I hear people laughing too. What, what's up with that? Does anyone actually feel angry right now? No. Okay. So you could flip a switch to clap your hands, and you could flip a, flip a switch to wiggle your body, and you could flip a switch to think about sunshine, and you could flip a switch and think about sledding, but you can't flip a switch on your feelings. But how often do you feel stressed, and you want them off now? I don't want this feeling. Make it stop now. Where's the switch? Turn it off, right? And then it gets frustrating, because we can't turn it off. There's nothing that makes it instantly go off. Right? And so, and so that's stressful. And so, but that's important to recognize. There isn't a magic switch for your feelings, you, but, you, but you have lots of control over what you do and how you think. And that's what you use to influence your, the way that you feel in any given situation. Okay, so I'm not sure how this is going to show up. Hopefully this will. But um, how many different colors do you guys see here? I three, hear three. Four. Yeah, so there's like the there's like the burgundy, right? And then green and blue, right? Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. Flip the side. That green and blue color that you see, it's actually the same color. It's the same color. Yeah. If you look, if you look <laughs> at where that, that strip goes through and you match it, it actually matches both the green and the blue. It's for real. I'm serious. Yeah. See, it this is really perception. <laughs> this is perception. This is the magic part of the presentation. <laughs> Everybody's calling shenanigans magic on your tricks. <laughs> this is called mind tricks. This and is this the mind is trick. real. Right. It's the same color. Yes. So the artists, and I don't know who the artists are that come up with these very cool optical illusions. I think they're amazing. You can Google it later if you don't believe us. But they, they, the way that they use color in this spiral tricks your mind into perceiving that the green and blue are different colors, but they're not. They're the same. And some of those negative thoughts, those automatic negative thoughts that I was telling you about earlier, they do the same thing. They trick you into thinking things are a much bigger deal than they actually are, or that the consequence is going to be a much bigger deal than it actually will be, or that something absolutely is going to happen that probably isn't. They're mind tricks. So you can put. And so here's some examples of those mind tricks. And if, you, if anybody has examples of how this happens in your everyday life, call it out and let me know. But perfectionism, right? got to be just right. It's not just right. It's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a disaster. Right? Just being generally pessimistic, negative about what you think is going to happen in the future, or a notch above pessimism, which would be the, the catastrophic thinking. Ah, I'm going to fail this test, and then I'm going to flunk this class, and then I'm going to never graduate high school, and then I'm going to live under a bridge and never <laughs> do anything. Right? It's like, gets like really awful. Shooting, 
I had a, I had a therapist say, say once, had a saying, you know, don't should on yourself or anybody else, right? Should. Oh, I should really do that. I should do that. You should do that. Why don't you do that, right? Shoulding. It's not, it's not helpful. Um, the all or nothing thinking, right? Personalizing, um, taking a lot more on than you need to, making assumptions that maybe you don't have any business making. So, okay, so those are all things that are not helpful. Let's get to a little bit about what is helpful, okay? So in any given situation, when people are feeling stressed, do you think they focus more on the facts or more on their guesses and assumptions? Guesses and assumptions. But guess what happens when they shift their attention back to what they know to be true, the actual facts in the situation? Does their stress go up, down, or stay the same? It goes down. It generally goes down. Yeah. So that's something to think about. How about control? When people are stressed, do you think they're focused on the things that they can control or the things that are out of their control that they desperately want to change? Out of control. Yeah, they focus on the things that are out of their control. And what happens, though, when they shift their attention back on the things that they can control? Does the stress go up, down, or stay the same? usually comes down. Feels way better to think about what we can do rather than trying to change the things that are not going to change, that we don't have the power to change, like what other people do, for example. Um, and then, lastly, is this a solvable problem? Yes. If it is, find the solutions. That sounds obvious, but how many people have been so frozen by stress that you just can't quite get there, <laughs> right? You just, you're just so, you're like spinning about the problem. And you don't actually get to solving the problem, but once you get to solving the problem, you feel better. <laughs> um, but some problems, some things are, are what they are, right? Not every problem is a solvable problem. There are just certain realities in life sometimes, and so if that's the case, then it's best to find a way to accept it because that's not in your control, and you need to find, figure out the things that are in your control that are going to allow you to deal with whatever that thing is. So. All right, so you learned a lot about stress. How many of you um, think you should, what, were the, what was that list? Do you think it's all personal? You can never do this, right? We can never get, get overcome it. Well, there is hope. A lot of what we are doing tonight is telling you about stress because we want you to see how that mind-body connection can really get in there and, get, and it's really hard to manage any part of that. But there are ways to do it. There's evidence-based ways to do it. And a lot of what we know is that it takes being together with others to take care of it, okay? So this slide just tells us a little bit about managing stress. Um, but about half of Americans really are, say that they're taking steps to reduce the stress in their life, but of those, only half of that are, are actually doing things about it, okay? Um, many of the people who are doing that you can see, spend time with family and friends. So look around. Mm -hmm. Many of you have another family member here, friends, right? Peers at school, at work, here at church, our community. These are the people that you can go to, to, to do something about this. We have two more sessions of this stress and resilience talk next February, in a month, we're going to be really focusing on learning some of these strategies as well. 
So that's part of the vision for coming to a community like this, is to look around and to really help each other do that. 46% pray to reduce stress. We're in the right place, right? <laughs> Playing, listening to music. Teens, raise your hand, teens and tweens. How many of you play or listen to music to reduce your stress? Do I see anybody that doesn't have? Not many, mm -hmm. Not right? Many. Maybe that's singing to yourself, okay? <laughs> that can reduce your stress. It can make you laugh in my case, right? <laughs> All right, reading, watching television, also cited. So lots of things that you can start thinking about. So some healthy behaviors and lifestyle changes that also help to reduce stress. How many people go for a walk or a run or do some sort of exercise to help get rid of some of that tension? Quite nice. a few of you. That's How many awesome. of you have heard exercise does reduce stress and makes you feel better? I think almost everybody has heard that. Mm -hmm. Not everybody follows through. However, there are a lot of different activities that you can do that will help to reduce your stress level. In addition to meeting up with other people, um, you can do these on your own or with other people. So yoga, meditation, going to church, or doing a different type of spiritual activity. Rest, who takes a nap when they're really stressed out? <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> and I wake up much, much happier and in a better mood because I'm able to really take the time to calm down and evaluate kind of what I'm thinking and come up with a better plan to maybe solve some of those problems that I'm freaking out about. Who makes lists and makes schedules to try to figure out how to go mm -hmm. about doing things? I'm expecting more parents. Mm -hmm. I see that. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're not in the should of, right? Don't right. should yourself. Exactly. I think that's a, a developed skill. <laughs> Happens as you grow up. And a stress buster buddy. What do you guys think that is? Accountability. Oh, yeah, yeah. So having someone check in on you and be like, hey, what are you doing about this? Yeah, here's one right here. Yeah. Yeah, right. I love that. Mm -hmm. I do too. Someone you can be around that makes mm -hmm. you feel better. Who has a friend that just makes them laugh hysterically even when they're really upset? I like it. Mm -hmm. Me so, too. So Casey yeah. is one thing you can talk about in those highs and lows is who did you hang out with this week that made you feel a little better? Okay. Mm -hmm. Who's who helped with that stress? Right. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Andrew. All right. So we are going to talk a little bit more about these in our next session. Um, but um, I want to, to kind of give you guys a little bits and pieces about um, how to create a stress reducing environment. I'm not going to say stress-free because you wouldn't have a pulse if you had no stress. <laughs> so create a worry-free zone. What do you guys think that means? A safe place. A safe place. And what do you do in the safe place? No judgment. I think that is huge. Some place where you can go that you are not going to judge yourself. The other people are not going to judge you someplace that is safe, that you can do something that is going to help reduce your stress. So if that is like a coloring corner with all of those 
coloring books that are all over the stores right now, then that's your stress-free zone. And you kind of go in and turn off your mind for a little bit. Turn off the cell phone. How many teens here, that would like increase your stress level. <laughs> Just the thought of turning off your cell phone. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I can't live without it. Right. <laughs> the fact that we constantly are checking our cell phones to see if we got a new uh, text message or an, <laughs> any new message on any of the various apps, that in and of itself kind of is stressful. Like, I haven't checked my phone in five minutes. What if someone needed me or said something? If we turn off our cell phones and just take a little bit of time to ourselves, that can significantly reduce our stress, regardless of whether you think it won't. Take five minutes and focus on some deep breathing. I think that is something that we're going to try to do today as a whole group. Let's, let's jump right into it. Okay. Right, we have only five minutes left before we break off, and we're going to have a little bit of 10 minutes of that time tonight, and then we're going to be doing a lot more applied stuff next month. Next slide, please. All right, those of you who know me know that I have to work in a little bit of the meditation, right? The mindfulness. <laughs> Sit up, get into those, excite, those bodies that are ready to feel good. Okay, next slide, please. All right, oh, sorry, one back. You were already ahead of me. Okay, so we're going to talk about one back. Thanks. We're going to talk about deep breathing. So this kind of breathing, breathing seems really easy. Duh. Until you try it, then you're like, wait, how am I supposed to breathe again, right? <laughs> so we're going to try some deep breathing that only has your belly moving. You can use your hands, right? That's always a good way to do it so that you aren't moving anything else. What I want you to do is think about your, your belly. And you're going to breathe in a way where only your belly moves. Don't say, oh, I should have done that breath differently. <laughs> But I want you to try to do that where only your belly moves. When you take a breath in, your belly goes out because it's filling up. When you, leave, when you have a breath going out, it's pushing it all the way up to your brain to feed your brain. Stress is being pushed out Air is being pushed, brought in. Feeding your brain is no small thing. Keep breathing like this. Feeding your brain, we'll learn next month, has all kinds of amazing, wonderful mind and body implications. It's almost the best thing you can do, and guess what? You all have that tool right now. It costs nothing, it's with you all the time. Nobody knows that you're doing it. Because everybody Because breathes. everyone is doing it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, mind trick. I told you we'd be getting you in on those. Okay, we're going to try one other little trick tonight to give you a teaser. Progressive muscle relaxation. Matt told us a little bit about this when he talked about his body being tense when he has anxiety, when he's stressed. Okay, so just sit up again. Okay. So what we're going to do is you want to, let's all start at our toes, okay? So I want you to wiggle your toes. Can you all feel them? Okay. I want you to scrunch up your toes. And I mean tense up your toes. Like your to toes are stressed right now because they're so tense. Okay? Now you're going to tense all the way up to ankles. I'm going to cue you. Tense up your calves, your knees. How do you do that? Your thighs. 
All the way up, hold that belly, tense it up. Okay, now it's coming up into your arms. Get those arms tense. It doesn't have to be straight, but they have to be tense. Ooh, I see those hands. People want to tense up those hands right away. All the way to the fingers. Now it's coming all the way up. You're holding your neck. Oh, that neck is tense. Okay, close your eyes, scrunch your eyes. Tense. Keep breathing. Okay, now we're gonna let those muscles go. Start at your head. Okay, oh, it's like, it's like there's jelly rolling down. Okay, <laughs> you're releasing it. All of a sudden your muscles go, that's what it feels like to not, to get that tension out. Okay, so anytime you feel a little tense, that's gonna help you. Again, now if you're going like this, people are gonna know you're doing something. But if you <laughs> do it to your fingers, under your coat, or if you are doing something else, like with your feet, nobody's gonna know. But you know, and you have a tool. Okay? Thank you so much for your attention tonight. We are going to ask for 10 more minutes, but we are gonna now take adults with us over to the fireside room and leave Paige here with the youth. And that is because one of the things we wanna do for you over this series is give you a chance to talk about this in a way that's really helpful for you. We are gonna have the kids share some things with us anonymously so that next month we're gonna focus on the real stress that's happening 